0: I'm so, so excited to meet you again and and have you on the podcast. And congratulations on your amazing book. Okay. This is, I have it all highlighted here. It's, it's, so, it's so phenomenal. Thank um, you. And I, I can't wait to have this conversation with you because I really do want to talk about like your writing process and your research and how Mm. this came to be. Mm -hmm. I'll start with a really easy question, but something I feel like most listeners will want to hear. Why did you decide to write this book now? And what were you hoping your audience and readers would take away from it?
1: I had been working on the book for a while, the ideas for the book. And the, the things that were brought out in the pandemic, the inequalities and inequities and the vulnerabilities, uh, including that more people were vulnerable to uh, violence because they were in their homes. Um, mm-hmm. All of those things kind of came together. What I wanted people to take away was this sense of urgency for addressing the problem that it wasn't uh, a problem that just was going to go away on its own. It wasn't going to go away because a new generation would come along and resolve it. And the problem was much more complex and deserved complex uh, solutions in order to respond to it. And then uh, the third thing that I wanted people to understand thats that it is a larger problem than one just behavior or, uh, or a few bad apples. Um, out there that we read about in papers, it's really an everyday problem, as well as an astonishing, you know, set of series of egregious problems. And so I wanted people to understand that it was real and part of their lives, or part of the lives of of people who they know and they care about. As
0: I was reading it, I just, it hit me that Every chapter, it feels like a lifetime of material. But you definitely feel your generosity on the page. That is one thing that really shines through. And it made me also think of your first book, you know, Speaking Truth to Power. Um, What was the process from that book in 1997 to this? Was there a big difference in your writing process? Or did you feel like you had to address new things with believing that you left out? And um, your first memoir?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I call it a 30 year journey because there are things that I have come to understand in the past 30 years that I, I, I wanted to add to this book. Uh, the process to me was not only about telling about me without letting my ego be too much a part of the story. But it was also about how do you integrate the stories of other people whose experiences are very different from your own? How do you integrate those into a narrative? Um, And how do you address the skepticism that some people have because, oh, they want data? So that you want to put the data in the book. You want that to be part of the, the book. But you don't want uh, the stories to get lost. You don't want the feelings, the emotion, the harm, the the pain, and and in some cases, the joy to be lost. You know, it's funny, as a lawyer, we have to tell stories. Um, We tell stories about our clients' cases in the courtroom. We tell stories when we're teaching. We use hypotheticals sometimes, and sometimes they're real stories. But we learned very early on as lawyers that how we tell the story really can't impact what people take away from it.
0: I know you oversee um, the Hollywood Commission, and I would love to hear how that came about and, you know, like what you're hoping to accomplish with that with that role. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yes, well, the Hollywood Commission came about because a woman named Kathleen Kennedy, who is a producer uh, in Hollywood, uh, she produces, uh, she's the head of Lucas Films, and Nina Shaw, who is an attorney, who a friend of mine in uh, Hollywood, she represents entertainment artists. Uh,
0: I'm I'm familiar with Nina. I love I love
1: Michelle. (laughs) uh, Of (laughs) of course. I mean, who doesn't love Nina? I mean, she's so committed. Um, So Nina Shaw, a woman named Frida Kaper Klein, was also a founder of this Hollywood Commission. And they invited me to to join as the chair of this commission. We didn't know what exactly how we were going to do this work. But we knew that we had to bring in people from all different sectors in the Hollywood community. Because this was not just an individual problem or it wasn't even just a behavioral problem it was an industry-wide problem that had historical roots and that had been built into the structures the way people were hired and the, the, the way people got you know top billing um, and so we knew that we needed just about every segment of the industry is or is, as much as we could get them represented on the commission and it's long been my theory that if you can provide equity and you can provide safety and protections for the most vulnerable then the rest of the populations are going to be taken care of yes
0: yeah. we're going to do some quick what we like to call our rapid fire questions Oh
1: gosh I'm so
0: bad with <laughs> rapid fire but I'm going to try <laughs> they're, they're fun they're fun And you can always say skip if you're just like I'm not into this Okay so if you were a superhero what
1: would your superpower be Oh I have thought about that And that <laughs> is you know we have superheroes where they can like look into the future Um my superpower would be every time that I met someone that I would be able to glimpse their past. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, because I think if we know their past, you understand how they behave and why.
0: Oh, that's a good one. Oh, I might have to borrow that superpower because, you know, I encounter some people.
1: <laughs> I was like, what? Um, <laughs> and then, then right. you find out in the, about them and you're like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's actually a really good one.
0: Um, okay, this is going to take you back to Oklahoma. I want to know about little Anita. What was your favorite game to play at the county fair?
1: Oh, well, I always got, you know, hooked on those little things where you you the crank, where you're trying to pick up something. and the, I always felt like this should be, you should be able to do this mechanically. Uh, and I never could. I never was. so but that was my favorite thing to try to grab that toy uh, with the cr- crank in the, in, the, the, the inside the box. Yeah, thing. with yeah. the box, and it never worked. But it was kind of fun to always try. <laughs> Hey man, it's your boy Shah. It's your boy G Downs. Here from Bad Speakers Podcast. If you're a fan of Bad Speakers Podcast, then be sure to check and subscribe to Bad Speakers Podcast. A show that covers interviews, music, hip-hop, sex, barbershop talk, anything that you want from the culture and podcast. And it's brought to you by, exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip-hop, powered by creators. Hey man, if you want that real, tune in to Bad Speakers Podcast. Uncut, unadulterated, real Hip hop, barbershop talk.